Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. All right, let's welcome tonight's speaker, Joe. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Joe. Um, I've been a food addict for about as long as I can remember. I've always been overweight. Um, my top weight was 450 pounds at the very least. Um, scale stopped at 445, so I have no idea what my actual top weight was. Um, it was probably closer to 460, if not higher. Um, when I joined OA, I was at about 350. Uh, I had lost a bunch of weight and then proceeded to regain it very quickly. Um, so I'll just uh, start with how it was, what happened, and what it's like now. So I've always felt awkward and out of place. Um, I was always the fat kid, always picked on. Um, I was born in Oakland and you know had friends there and then moved to San Ramon uh, where I had no friends and just felt completely out of place and that's where my weight really took off. Um, I was all of 10 years old and uh, I went from being kind of overweight to just morbidly obese in a very short period of time. Um, you know, I never felt comfortable in my own skin. Never felt comfortable talking to people. Um, I really hated myself and I hated my life and I hated the fact that I was born into the family I was born into. Uh, my family suffers from every kind of addiction. Um, grandpa grandfather was an alcoholic. My other grandfather was a three-pack-a-day smoker who died at 50 of emphysema. Both of my parents were food addicts um, and my siblings both struggle with their own addictions as well. Um, and I am uh, more than just a food addict and I'm going to share some on some of my other issues but food is my first love. It's the thing that I always went back to. It was the thing that always brought me comfort um, so it was always the thing that was just the biggest in my life. Um, so it's going to be mostly about food, but just be forewarned, there's going to be a little other things popping up. Um, now, I uh, had a lot of trouble making friends. I had a lot of trouble talking to women. I legitimately did not start dating until I was 35. Uh, never been on a date before then. Um, I hated my body, I hated myself, I hated the way I looked. I didn't want anyone to see me. Uh, I didn't want anyone to see my body. Um, I didn't feel like I was lovable or like I could, uh, you know, anyone who I would be attracted to, I didn't think they would be attracted back to me. But at the same time, I was incredibly lonely and wanted that companionship and intimacy and connection with another human being desperately uh, but can never find any way to do that and my go-to for dealing with that was food you know, food brought me comfort food was my solution to all of my problems and uh, anytime I went on a diet and cut that food out my problem became other things. I turned into an alcoholic at the age of 24. Um, I went on a 
diabetic diet for about six months when my dad got diabetes. And in that time, I took up alcoholism. And I used to joke that I was an alcoholic and never actually believed it. I also took up smoking when I cut back my drinking and smoked for a while. And then decided I was going to cut that back. And as soon as I cut the alcohol and the smoking, right back to food. So I would bounce from one thing to the next, feeling like I had control over one thing or the other, feeling like I had my food under control or feeling like I had the alcohol under control. But really, it was just all the same disease, and it was all just being um, masked. It was, it was all just I was using these things to make myself feel something different. Uh, I didn't want to feel the way I felt, and I really just was miserable constantly. Um, you know, I would go on just massive, massive eating binges. I played sports in high school and, uh, you know, carbo-loading for sporting events. That became a way of life constantly. Um, you know, I'd go out to eat with friends and then come home and snack and then have dinner and then snack and then snack some more and then go to bed and then get up and go snack. Um, it was just, I was either constantly grazing or I was just straight up binging to the point uh, where it hurt. And as soon as I stopped playing sports, I no longer had, you know, the exercise. And I gained weight incredibly fast. I was gaining probably about 50 pounds a year. Um, left high school at 330 pounds within a year or two, I was 380, kind of bounced up and down from there for years. Uh, just, uh, yeah, you know, I was miserable. I eventually hit a point where I didn't really understand why I couldn't hold down a good job, why people wouldn't give me opportunities. Um, you know, my, my life was food. And if it wasn't food, it was something else. You know, the video games, the alcohol, the turn to drugs a couple of times. Um, but uh, always came back to food. Um, through my 20s, I kind of struggled along, went up and down. Every time I would go off the food and have a little bit of control at the end of that, uh, I would have less control, and each little period of control and restriction and dieting would last less time and be more difficult. Um, eventually, I got to the point where I was planning my suicide. Uh, it started out with me taking over a, a job at a shuttle company as a manager, um, and then from there, just being so completely miserable because I was working constantly. I was in nothing but isolation. I was eating probably 7,000 calories a day, bare minimum, um, drinking constantly. Uh, you know, I did some things during that time that I'm not proud of, things that I'm making amends for, uh, things I have to make living amends for. And uh, yeah, I hit the point where I actually got gout after a while of that. Yeah, it's 32, 33 years old, and I had gout from all of the booze and the sugar. Um, 
It was not fun. It got to the point where I could barely walk. I was 450, 460 pounds and having pain just walking from the kitchen to the uh, computer room. Um, and I really wanted to end it. And I had had a lot of times through my life, and I suffered from PTSD and depression. So I've had times in my life where I was depressed and felt suicidal and um, just wanted to end it, desperately wanted to end it. This time was different. Before, I had always had this kind of thing where I felt like I didn't have the courage to follow through. You know, I felt like that was a weakness that I couldn't follow through with my own suicide. This time around, I planned it in a way where it would be easy. I wouldn't have to think about it. And it would be something that I could do and not walk away from. Um, and that was the first time I ever turned my life over to something else because I realized I couldn't do it myself. Uh, I reached out to my best friend and roommate and my brother, and I told them what I was planning to do, when I was planning to do it, how I was planning to do it, and asked them to please keep an eye on me. Um, that was me, yeah, I didn't know it at the time, but that was me um, looking at a, at a higher power, a power greater than myself. That was me admitting that I couldn't do it myself, and I knew at the bottom of my heart that I was going to kill myself if I didn't do something and reach out to someone. Um, so after that, I decided to make a change. Um, and that wasn't even enough to bring me into the rooms. I had heard of the rooms. I had a therapist you know, years before who told me that I should come into the rooms and said, you need to check out OA or FA or one of those programs. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm a food addict, but no, I don't need that. Um, I can do it myself. You know, I always had that sort of obstinate, I can do it myself, I'm self-sufficient, um, you know, I'm, I guess, I can't describe it as anything other than like, oh, I'm the man kind of mentality. It's just all ego. Um, and it took a lot to just beat down that ego. It's kind of weird because I never considered myself as being someone with an ego. I considered myself as someone who was constantly in a state of self-loathing and self-hatred. Um, but to hate yourself nonstop is to think about yourself nonstop. And I was only thinking about myself all of the time um, and how much I didn't like being alive, how much I, as raised with religion, I hated God. Um, and I eventually became atheist. I uh, still kind of agnostic, but you know, it definitely stemmed out of my anger for the situation I was in, and I couldn't understand why this being called God, who was all powerful, would uh, want me to be so miserable all the time and want me to live in just such miserable and self-loathing circumstances and just, you know I didn't like my family I didn't like myself, I didn't like my friends um, everything about my life and myself I, I just was like, you know, why why do I have to be this way 
but after that whole suicide situation, um, you know, I started dieting, I started going back to the gym and exercising and tried to do it that way again. Started becoming an alcoholic again because I was restricting one thing. I started doing something else to compensate. Um, and eventually I got to the point where I realized the most successful way to beat addiction is through abstinence-based recovery. What I didn't realize is you actually have to join an abstinence-based program. I thought I could do it myself. I went on one of those crazy doctor uh, prescribed liquid diets. Don't recommend them. I was eating 600 calories a day for seven months and dropped 180 pounds. I was looking for the shortcut. And I had this idea that if I lost the weight, I would lose the misery and they were linked. And if I had the perfect weight, I could have the perfect job, I could have the perfect girlfriend, I could have the perfect life, I could have the perfect happiness. It's not how it worked. I got down to 260 pounds and then you know, regained 10 because water um, within a week. And cruised at 270 for uh, a good six months. And during that time, I gained a little weight and was just flipping out and losing my shit over five pounds. And I have two pictures. I completely forgot my laptop at work with all of my pictures. But I have two pictures side by side um, from when I got off the diet to that six months later point. And I'd been working out a lot and I put a lot of that muscle that I had lost back on and that was what the five pounds was from and yet I was just freaking out. And I looked like a completely different person. I didn't look like I had gained weight. I looked like I had lost more weight since I came off the diet. But in my head, it was the scale is the enemy, the number on there is the enemy. That's what my happiness is. That number is what's going to make me happy. Um, and eventually, went through a couple, finally started dating, went through a few really bad codependent relationships, and then went right back to food, and over the course of about four months, gained 90 pounds. Um, and started wanting to kill myself again. I started going right back to that and realized I had to do something different. I couldn't keep trying to do this insane diet to try and lose the weight because I got to that ideal weight. I got to, you know, it, it was about where I'm at right now. Um, and I liked the way I looked, even though I still hated myself, even though I still at times told myself I looked ugly. I still had that negative self-talk going constantly that I wasn't good enough, I was worthless, I sucked, um, I was fat, I was ugly, I was all of these shitty things. I was just a, you know, slime ball, shit, shitty human being, not worthy of, uh, of someone's love or anything like that. Um, so when I got back to 350 pounds, I sought out a addiction specialist who said, hey, why don't you go to an OA meeting? And I was like, uh, and while you're at it, check out AA. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not, 
I'm not an alcoholic. You know, the alcohol just leads me back to the food. The alcohol just has sugar in it, so I should avoid that. And it weakens my willpower, so I should just avoid that. But I took his advice, went to an OA meeting, and you guys were my people. My first meeting was October 30th, 2016. It was an OA How meeting at the John Muir Medical Center in Concord. I didn't know what OAFA, OA How, I had no idea what any of that was at the time. I just went in there and heard them talking and sounded like it was me. They had the same misery, the same thinking problems, the same everything as I did. Um, then I went to an AA meeting and it was the same thing, just with a different substance. And I realized, yeah, okay, I'm an alcoholic as well. And my addiction manifests in any form. My obsession can take any form if I'm not careful, if I'm not spiritually fit, if I'm not working you know, on myself. Um, very easy for me to just fall into a different kind of addiction. And uh, found that out the hard way over the years. Um, so that was what started that. And to be perfectly honest, I saw the word God. They had the 12 steps and all that. I saw the word God and just kind of went, nope. I don't want any of this God shit. You know, these people are like a religious cult or something. Yeah, I don't want that. That's, you know, that was, that was my own bias. I was raised religious and I had a chip on my shoulder about religion. Um, you know, I don't believe in God. You don't have to believe in God. I don't disbelieve in him. Like I said, I've kind of gone the route of agnosticism since I joined the program. But uh, all you need is a higher power, and the only thing that needs to be the same between any of us and any of our higher powers is that the higher power is not ourselves. You know, for my entire life, I was trying to do everything my way and trying to do everything the way I wanted to do it, and I was picking and choosing. And even during my first six months of sobriety and abstinence, I was picking and choosing how I was going to do the program and what pieces of advice I was going to take, and that eventually led me into a relapse. And that relapse lasted all of a week. That's seven days is how long it took me to descend so far into the depths of hell, the hell of my own mind, that it scared the shit out of me, and I came running back to the program called up my sponsor and he asked me and this is how insidious, cunning, baffling powerful this disease is he said, are you done? and I was like, yes, are you willing to go to any lengths? does my brain think the first thing pops into my brain? fuck you and luckily that's not what I said <laughs> I got exactly what I was asking him for I reached out and my disease lashed back at me and I have to keep that in mind. This, this disease is like a different part of me. It's something that wants and it craves and it feeds me all of these negative thoughts and all of this negative talk to try and get what it wants. That's the cunning, baffling, powerful thing about this disease. Um, and uh, I have to keep in mind that I am the person that wants the abstinence, that wants the solution, that wants the cure, and that's what I asked him for, and that's what I was given. Um, and when I came back from that, I finally 
accepted what I was completely because I was still having those thoughts on a regular basis. I'm not really a food addict. I'm not really an alcoholic. I'm not really this. I'm not really that. You know, one day, one day I can go back and eat what I want. One day I can drink like a normal person. One day I can do this. One day I can do that. Um, that's not the reality for me. This is a one day at a time program, and today I'm not doing those things. When I came back, I finally had that willingness to take the suggestions, to call three people a day, to build a social network, to go to a meeting a day for 90 days, um, to actually find a real OA sponsor, because the first person that I found was in relapse while sponsoring me, which not really something you're supposed to do as a sponsor. Um, but I didn't find another sponsor after that person, and I was just working my other program um, and kind of relying on him, which wasn't fair to him, and it wasn't what I needed. What I needed was this program. My abstinence in this program is the foundation of my life right now. You know, I had to personally cut out flour and sugar and all carbs of any kind. That's just what I personally had to do. I had to cut out other foods that I really didn't want to give up, and I had to get beaten down on every single one of those foods that I gave up. I had to get beaten down to the point where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to try it, and then it would lead me back into a binge, and I would have to give it up and just be, okay, you win. I'll give it up. And the weird thing is, today I don't miss those foods. I have times where I crave them. I have times where the cravings come back. That doesn't go away, but they get fewer and further between, and they get weaker with time. Now, today I have five months abstinence. After being in program a little over a year, you know, I had multiple slips along the way. So progress, not perfection, but uh, actually I think someone in here said practice, not perfection. I like that a little better. Every day I practice. Um, but yeah, my life today is actually good, and I didn't think that was going to be possible because the circumstances of my life have not changed that much. What I do have today is people, thanks to the phone list, that I can call, that I can rely on. By the way, if you put your name on the phone list, you may eventually get a call from me. Care who you are, or anything like that, you'll probably get a call from me eventually. Because um, that is one of the main things that has turned my life around: is talking to other addicts, talking to other people with the same problem as me. Um, and I've built up friends through that. Friends that I can talk to about things I never imagined I could talk to another human being about. People who I can tell them my deepest, darkest secret. And they can go, oh, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah, I did that in the same way, or I did that way worse, or I, did, you know, I didn't quite do it that way, but I did this other thing, and it's kind of like that. And, you know, it's, we all suffer from the same shitty, diseased thinking, and we're all just trying to get over it. And uh, even though it felt awkward, and I felt awkward coming to meetings at the very beginning, and I felt really weird about just going up and talking to people, you know, everyone else felt awkward too. <laughs> we all feel awkward. It's, 
it's one of the main things that uh, I think pretty much anyone in this room can agree on. Um, but yeah, I, I actually enjoy my life today, and that's not something I thought I would be saying a little over a year ago with how miserable I was. Um, and it's just because I'm working this program and I'm taking the suggestions and I've accepted that I am an addict and I will always be an addict and this is how I manage my disease. So, thank you.